0: Welcome pudding people to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, good sir?
1: I'm doing well in this fine spring day. <laughs> you know, in my spring, I mean, no covered 30-degree spring day. Yeah. I,
0: you know, they, they always say, you know, spring, uh, April showers bring uh, May flowers. Uh, what does April snow bring? That's <laughs> just what the heck is going on.
1: Oh. Yeah, it was a crazy night last night. Definitely covered up some plants. Uh, went outside for a good 10 minutes trying to knock some of the snow off of the trees because the branches were drooping so low they were touching the ground on some of our like <laughs> crab apple trees and stuff so yeah <laughs> not your typical not your typical spring day no
0: no but you know what always warms me up whenever i'm cold and unhappy and looking out the window and wishing i was anywhere but where i am now it's talking about comic book movies so that's what we're going to get back to yeah yeah Uh, We are up to the year 2014 in our history of comic book movies. Now, to remind everybody, in case you're coming in in the middle, uh, a comic book movie is a movie based on a comic book, Uh, unsurprisingly, but uh, we like to narrow things down just a bit. So we're, we're talking about specifically comic books and graphic novels, not comic strips in 2014, technically there was an Annie movie, but that's based on a comic strip not a comic book. Uh, in addition, we are talking about, uh, instances where the original source material is either in English or it was translated to English before it was put into a movie format. And the movie generally also needs to be in English. Um, that way it, it kind of constrains things just a little bit. It's not like there's not uh, really awesome uh, instances of comic book movies that fall outside of those parameters. But if we don't constrain it, we'll never cover everything. <laughs> there's just way too much. Uh, but uh, to carry on, 2014, uh, we have to yeah. chop this into two pieces. A lot of movies. We were talking about this the other day. and uh, A lot of
1: movies. A lot of good movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we've seen between the two of us, at least over half of them. <laughs> Maybe more than that.
1: Ooh, good but, percentage.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're going to, we're going to sprinkle some in. I figure let's start things out easy. I love to start it out easy. Start with a movie that nobody has seen. Uh, that way we can all be in the same boat uh, for the most part. Uh, the movie that we're going to start with is called ghost of Garganta. Uh, and it is something that you may have trouble finding. In fact, if you look this up on IMDb, you will not find anything. It is just, um, it's not what you would call a a major studio production. Um, The original... uh, If
1: you you look on Amazon, it says that there are two people... Who well, have watched it because there are two reviews, right? Four point six stars from those two people, pretty solid. Yeah,
0: but it's based on the uh, Femforce comics in the nineteen nineties uh, by the company AC Comics. Um, and if you are not familiar with who that is, uh, I don't blame you. It's it's again not one of the major one of the major labels. It's just just out there. Uh, neither of us have seen it. Uh, we have seen the cover and. Um, I kind of want to see it after seeing the cover. It looks tremendously awful in the fun kind of way. Um, so I, I really, I'm curious. Uh, I love a, I love a good B movie. I love a bad B movie even more sometimes. And that's kind of what this looks like. Uh, but what yeah, do you think, a Richard? D movie. A D movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But, uh, Let's let's uh let's just kind of put a pin in that. We're not going to go too deep into that particular one because I'm not even familiar with the original comics. Truthfully, I had to research into that, and it's it's a little scant. Um, but let's go to something that actually had a major release in 2014. Uh, this is also something that may be a little more kind of out there uh, that not a lot of people saw, but it's uh. It's actually, it looks pretty decent. Um, it's called The Scribbler. Are you familiar with this one, Richard?
1: That's a big negatory.
0: Well, The Scribbler was based on an image comic of the same name that came out in 2006. So this wasn't like an immediate the comic comes out and the movie comes out immediately thereafter. It it took a little while to get uh, an adaptation. Um, and it's another one of those instances... Uh, where the main character has multiple personalities, as it says. Uh, or uh, dissociative disorder, I believe, is the specific terminology uh, for it. Um, he- heck of a cast. Um, a lot of names that are are people that I'm a fan, uh, fan of, uh, their work. It's got Katie Cassidy, who has done just a variety of different things. But uh, most recently, she was in the Arrowverse as uh Black Canary um it's so she's she's had a lot of comic book stuff that she's done Michelle Trachtenberg which you would know probably from Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh paying uh playing the part of the the little sister uh Elijah Dushku also from Buffy the Vampire Slayer as Faith um you know it's Gina Gershon who's just been in a ton of stuff uh, some of it good, some of it maybe not quite so good. Uh, showgirls, uh, you know, Kunal Nayar, who I absolutely love, he was in The Big Bang Theory uh, as Raj, as one of the main, you know, uh, main characters. I mean, Richard Real, I mean, this got a, a really, really solid cast.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Garrett Dillahunt. He was in Deadwood long ago. I love Deadwood. It's a great show. Uh, he was on, a, back in the day when you used to watch uh, network television shows, uh, he was on one called Raising Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was pretty funny. Uh, more recently, he's been in Fear of the Walking Dead and tons of other things, but he's the one that catches my eye out of this cast.
0: And the director, by the name of John Suits, uh, has managed to be attached to quite a few different things over the years um, most of these are not ones that I'm particularly familiar with but there is one exception to this that I think is rather amusing because it's actually a commercial and it's a commercial that just just came out <laughs> Die Hard is back if I remember correctly this is the this is the the battery commercial <laughs> for, for Die Hard Batteries <laughs> yes so I mean, fun. I mean, good stuff. Um, I really love the uh, the artwork for the the cover. I mean, everything that I see about it, the the trailer looks pretty solid. I, I'm kind of sad that I haven't seen this. I'm going to have to turn this around. I think it's it would be, likely be something that I would greatly uh, find enjoyable. Um,
1: yeah, I'm sure it's okay. A good way to pass an hour and a half. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Richard Unimpressed as always uh, I, I don't blame you <laughs> with a name like The Scribbler it doesn't exactly inspire a whole lot of uh, awe but I, I love quirky and it seems quirky and I like the direction that Image has gone with their comics recently uh, they've, they've kind of turned a corner and made some really interesting moves in terms of storytelling uh, so it's, it's, it's good stuff but since neither of us have seen that either uh, that's why I put those two right at the beginning that there was zero chance that either of us saw either of those films And we just kind of get them out of the way But I gotta say i'm i'm definitely I kind of want to see the first one. I definitely want to see the second one I'm, I'm going to have to make a change on that one now This is kind of interesting. Um, the next one we're going to talk about this is uh, hercules 2014 uh, if you are a fan of the rock uh, that is the that is the movie that he made with um, with a variety of very interesting people. Now, a lot of people would not think that Hercules was based on a comic book, but uh, and technically, yeah, obviously, it's uh, a Greek uh, myth. But this particular version of Hercules was based upon a graphic novel called The Thracian Wars by Radical Publishing. Came out in two thousand eight. Um, and that was done by Admira Wajaya and Steve Moore. So I remember flipping through that paperback, a paperback, I'm calling it, I'm, it's like it's a book, uh, flipping through the graphic novel and just being, the art style's really nice on it and I, I really thought it was neat. And when I saw that they were making this film, I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to have to see that. And then I never did. Uh, is this one you happen to see, Richard? And we never did
1: no i i I have seen some scenes I want to say because uh, it, it was on oh hBO or one of those long ago and it never really drew my attention to sit through the whole thing. but I definitely saw a few snippets of it here and there, but that's that's as good as I can say on this particular movie.
0: So, batting 1,000 so far. Now, I will say, anything The Rock is in, I'll, I'll tend to watch. But it's also got John Hurt in it, who I'm a huge fan of. And Ian McShane is generally really solid in anything that he is ever in. Uh, so, just those three people by themselves all but guarantee that this is at least somewhat entertaining. Because, the uh, generally yeah. speaking, they're not going to sign up for just junk.
1: And Ian McShane, Ian McShane another uh, Deadwood alum. Uh, so always a huge fan of him.
0: And, of course, Rufus uh, Sewell. Se- Sewell? I think it's Sewell. Seeing him in a bunch of stuff, he's always really good. And again, another really solid cast. Um, I love anytime time that they get uh, an actor or an actress that has really weird letters. They've got Ingrid bolso Berdal. I think it's Bolso because that O has a line through it. And I don't know what that means. So <laughs> I think it means that she's Scandinavian, uh, maybe Swedish or uh, something of that nature. But uh, nope, Norway. That was close, somewhere in the general vicinity. But...
1: uh said <laughs> <That's> Scandinavian. <laughs> That's
0: right. But uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, I'm definitely, uh, I'm getting my list. It keeps getting longer of of films I've got to catch back up with, but Hercules looks pretty solid. Uh, Brett Ratner is the director on this particular film and, you know, he's managed to just put out some ridiculous stuff over the years that on its own also should kind of indicate, you know, the level that you're looking through, um, but he uh, he tends to do some great stuff. He he's been involved with Rush Hour films and X Men films, and just a a ton of Mariah Carey videos and Madonna videos for some reason. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know it is what it is. You you uh you make what you can make, and uh, not everything can uh, be that that awesome. Uh, movie project but you know there is a place for a really good uh, music video and i kind of miss being able to watch those so uh yeah so uh moving on i promise there's only at least two more of these that i have not seen <laughs> and i'm hoping that richard has at least seen one of the next two so that we'll have some commentary on the film
1: uh tiniest bit of input <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you're killing me here, Richard. I should have put more effort into putting the list together. Ah
1: So <laughs> well, we're saving the best ones for the the, the next episode. Yeah. So we'll cram them all together into one. <laughs> Super twenty fourteen episode.
0: Well, and I thought I had divided it evenly, so it will be you know the commentary is going to get divided, but it's not going to work that way. We're gonna we're gonna have all the commentary on the second half with all the ones that we've actually seen, and I, uh, this is my fault, folks. But uh, you get to come along with the the ride with us as we just stumble our way through this. Uh, but let's talk about I Frankenstein. Also came out in twenty fourteen. Now, I'm a big fan of horror films, and Frankenstein is a classic horror monster, which, of course, Frankenstein being the Mary Shelley um, source material, but specifically, uh, I, Frankenstein was a graphic novel that came out in 2014, so the same year um, I'm, I'm expecting was probably made to be part of the whole release of the film. But technically, it came out before the film did. So the, um, the, uh, the source material is, uh, done by Dario Carrasco Jr. And, um, <clears throat> pardon me, and Edu Mena and, uh, Roberto Castro. Uh, and then the uh, artwork, uh, is done by actually, Kev- um, uh, sorry, JJ uh, Kirby and Ryan Benjamin, um, the writer is actually Kevin Graveau. Mm,
1: read, reading some names, your favorite thing.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, I I am so bad at this. I, I'm going to make so many friends uh, by just, just massacring every single one of these names. But please understand, while I may not get your names perfect, I have so much respect for the work that you do uh, in bringing us stories and the things that we love. So anyway... Uh, I Frankenstein seems like a fun romp between a bunch of uh, between a bunch of monsters uh, set with a little bit of plot. Um, Again, just a stupidly good cast. Did you see, uh, did you see this one, Richard?
1: No. (laughs) Huh?
0: Uh, Amazing that. (laughs) Me neither. Um, Well, but Aaron Eckert, Uh, For those of us that love the comic book movies, if you like the Nolan Batman series, he was Two-Face in that, but uh, thank you for smoking and just a ton of other really awesome uh, bits of cinema uh, goodness. You got Yvonne Strahovski, uh, if you ever watched Chuck, she uh, was one of the main uh, actors in Chuck and she was part of the Mass Effect voice work, which still sticks with me, Uh, did such a great job with that part. Uh, it's got Bill Nye in it, uh, which is, uh, pretty funny. Now, when I say Bill Nye, I mean not the science guy, but Bill Nye, the award-winning British character actor who is just awesome in everything. If you have seen, um, maybe my favorite thing that he did, was it, um, it's hard to, I don't know if it was Hot Fuzz. I think it was actually... The earlier one in that particular one, uh, the the zombie movie, uh, he played uh, the what the father in law <laughs> or not father in law, but the stepfather that ends up getting locked in the car after he's been turned into a zombie. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: yes. Uh, that that
0: still that still makes me. He was some
1: uh, underworld movie.
0: Yeah, he was the main vampire in yeah, that.
1: He it's he does a lot of things and.
0: So, yeah, so some just some done way too many things, some big, big names in this film. Um, but uh, yeah, the guy that wrote this is also in the film uh, as, as an actor. He's in been quite a few things. So it's, it's kind of, it looks neat. The effects look good. Again, the trailer is compelling. Um, I just have not had a chance to see it yet. Um, the director, Stuart. Beatty, um, try not to hold the fact that he wrote GI Joe, uh, Rise of Cobra against him <laughs> before, because, uh, yeah, it, you, you can't always have the, the best stuff. He also did Pirates of the Caribbean. So, uh, I love that one. So it's, uh, it, it's bound to be halfway good at least. Not a lot of director credits though. Um, this is only his second directing credit. Uh, a lot of writing, so I'm really. It makes me really curious when I see stuff like that because he's obviously been around the business for a while in multiple different roles uh, between uh, producing and and writing and all that. So it's kind of it's kind of fun to see that that energy go into a different uh, a different role. So
1: tons of good writing credits.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got some great stuff. Um, but yeah. Not much to say about that either. We got one last chance. I'm sure, I am 100% sure that Richard has seen this next one. He must have. I I swear I remember him telling me that he watched it. <laughs> Crossing the fingers. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Not the one in 1990. Um, <laughs> the, the semi-CGI kind of uh yeah this one scared me yep,
1: this is the one with megan fox and will arnett if i'm not mistaken
0: it is it is and william uh fincher and uh it's actually got a good cast johnny knoxville i always love him in pretty much anything tony Shaloub is just uh a godsend when it comes to the the acting roles that he's had he's been fantastic this is not the uh, first time that they've actually been in the same project. Tony Shalhoub and Johnny Knoxville were in Men in Black 2 at the same time.
1: That is true. Long, a long day ago.
0: Yeah, but uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And, uh, you know, like I said, just a, a pretty interesting cast. A lot of great voices to do this. But, um, yeah. Um, I intentionally made this one a pass because when I saw the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was a much younger gentleman in the 90s, um, it had a special place in my heart. And the TV cartoon was just fun. And I saw this and it looked off-putting. Just not kind of the direction I wanted to go.
1: Well, honestly, the... the the first thing that you'll run into is I feel like when you watch a movie and Megan Fox is in it, you're just like, oh, man. Strike one. But then when you actually watch the movie... You're like, oh, okay. So she's she wasn't as bad, but like you always, I feel I feel like you always get this impression that no matter what you watch, when you see Megan Fox's name on you know the list of, <laughs> of actors and actresses, and you just like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, but she, she wasn't honestly in this movie. She didn't detract very much from the the movie, and the the character of. Uh, Burn Fe- or fenwick that they had for or whatever that will arnett played uh, he he was okay to kind of you know I, I guess you could say the the goofy comedic relief input in there mm-hmm. I and mean, he was okay and the turtle characters how they were presented as kind of like like they were bigger they had different personalities and what you're used to seeing them have same personalities, but different presentation of those personalities, you know, and set in a more modern setting with more technology pieces. It was fine. This isn't something that even when it came out in the movie theater and you you said you were would have done a hard pass on it, that I wouldn't have paid money to go watch this in the movie theater. And when I saw it on whatever service it was on, I can't remember, uh, probably HBO, uh, that I I really felt like it was fine. And watching it one time, you got the enjoyment out of it. And it's not really worth going back and revisiting and watching again. Uh, But I definitely think if you're a fan of the Turtle franchise and them putting an effort into go a slightly different direction with a little bit of the mix of how the characters are CGI this time, but there's the live action pieces as well. It's worth it's worth some time to watch. And after that you can there's a second one too. So we'll discuss that one later on as well because it did well enough that it generated a sequel. But it's fun. Yeah.
0: Here's the sneak got. here's a sneak peek. Uh, i didn't watch that one either (laughs) for similar reasons um so yeah it it, i'm sure it served its purpose hopefully hopefully people enjoyed it because i mean the the original property is fun and just because it's off-putting to me doesn't mean it necessarily would be to other people right to each their own but uh let us instead Mm -hmm. move to something i actually loved um maybe one of my favorites if not my favorite comic-based film that came out in 2014 and that would be big hero six now if you're not familiar with the source material on this one i do not blame you this is actually a marvel property um the first comic that it ever came out in was called sunfire and big hero six that came out in 1998 uh and that was uh, Duncan Rouleau and uh, Stephen T. Siegel uh, was the writer for that. But it's kind of the original comic version was it was supposed to be Japan's superhero team as Big Hero 6. Um, so I was definitely... My, my interest was piqued when, when I saw that this was going to come out because I would never have expected uh, an adaptation of that. Especially not in kind of like a, a Pixar kind of way, <laughs> but uh, man, I I love this movie. Did you end up watching this one?
1: I've seen this one quite a few times, um, my kids enjoy uh, my my daughter who was older and was you know i guess you could say young when this film came out we went to see it in the movie theater and we all enjoyed we all enjoyed the movie you know adults adults and kids alike and i think it was easily rewatchable i know we watched it a bunch of times and i i've i've watched it uh recently too because now my son is old enough where he would kind of see the enjoyment in watching this movie too so he he got a kick out of it as well it's not like they're not big fans of this in a certain sense where like they have uh, Baymax toys or anything like that but as an adult to be able to watch a a movie with your kids but then enjoy it as much maybe even more than the kids Asked to accomplish, and I definitely think that Disney uh, slash Marvel accomplished that with with this movie. It's got it's got uh, good fun characters in it. It does have quote superheroes in a sense, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's got humor in it. It's got heart to it. Oh yeah. It's got you know all those all those things that the you know the the end kind of get you. Get you the feels, get you the the heavy end, and the chest. Yep. You know, it's it, it's it packs a little bit of, of everything that you see a lot of times in those Disney movies. And I think if if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're a fan of Disney movies at all or superhero movies at all, or you have kids and want a kid's movie and haven't seen this one, this is an easy, easy recommendation. Yeah. This is an easy recommendation to have on Disney Plus and watch it, own it. Even if you don't, like, it's it's an excellent movie.
0: I just immediately, I wanted, personally, I wanted a Baymax, a, a real-life Baymax, just to follow me around, because that <laughs> that character is just so much fun, and just, just kind of a simple and sweet, and uh, I can always use a little more of that in my life. Now, there's an interesting connection between the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Big Hero 6, because uh, Will Arnett... Was a recurring uh, played a recurring character on Thirty Rock, which featured Scott Adst, uh, who did the voice for Baymax. Uh, so it's Baymax. kind of yeah, kind of a kind of a fun thing, and I, I love that. Uh, uh, I love that actor. Uh, the funny thing is, really, uh, the thing that I remember him the most for is not for being Baymax, or, and it's not even actually being for on Thirty Rock. There is a single scene in the remake of the Italian job where they're trying to plot out this heist and they've got to get the exact timing for driving around, uh, the city. And he's an actor playing an actor, rehearsing his lines in the car and not paying attention to when the lights are going. (laughs) So they can't, they can't get by him to, to figure out the specific timing. Uh, it's a small thing, but it makes me giggle every single time. Um, uh, TJ Miller is in this one, uh, love him or hate him. Uh, we've talked about Deadpool a few times and, uh, Deadpool is, uh, heavy on the TJ Miller stuff. Um, in addition to that, I mean, this, uh, entire cast, uh, Alan Tudyk, of course, who is one of my favorite individuals of all time. Uh, James Cromwell, uh, who was fantastic in everything, and uh, I-, I loved him in Star Trek: First Contact <laughs> as the person that invented the warp drive. Uh, so much, so much good stuff. Maya Rudolph is just a gem. I mean, they couldn't have done better to get uh, the right kind of uh, voices for this. Um, Don Hall and Chris Williams directed. Um, if you are not really familiar with their work. I uh, think uh, <clears throat> Meet the Robinsons and uh, Moana and Princess and the Frog, uh, Bolt. I mean, these these guys know how to do kids' movies. Yeah, and so it's not too terribly surprising that they are able to create something that kids would like, but also that the parents would like as well. Um, yeah, just just all around too much fun.
1: and the thing about even the animation generally speaking the animation that you get from from Disney it varies right like sometimes it's real sharp sometimes it's real cartoony and i think this one gets the presentation just right because it it's that it's a little bit of that mix of cartoony but also that mix of sharp-looking objects and buildings. So, I, I once again, I just think they did just about everything right in this in this movie. Uh, you always you always run into the possibility that some of the story falls flat in a lot of these, or it drags. But I don't really get a lot of that. And they even throw, if you if you haven't seen it, there's always that little twist ending at the twist surprise at the end, I guess you could say, about who the bad guy is. Um, so that's always fun, like little little bits and pieces of everything to go together to make this a good movie.
0: Yeah, definitely so, definitely so. Um, now, to kind of kick things off, or not kick things off, that would be at the beginning. To end things right, uh, maybe you can tell where my uh, my mind is at the, at the moment, because uh, if you can, I would sure like you to tell me, because I, I have no idea where it is. I just want to... Uh I just want a, a mental restart. Maybe the best way to do that is to move on to our final film that we're going to talk about from twenty fourteen in the first half. And that's going to be Kingsman the Secret Service. Uh Kingsman the Secret Service was originally a comic book uh by Icon, or that's the publisher. Came out in twenty twelve. Uh, the creators were Dave Gibbons as the artist and Mark Miller as the writer, which right there, Mark Miller as a writer should be an indicator that is going to be good. Um, I tend to really like, uh, really like him uh, whenever he does something. Um, and this is one of those instances where I did not know the comic originally. I saw the movie first and that led me to go back to the comic to check that out. And it's, <laughs> and they're both good. So, um, I know this is one you've seen Richard, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping you, you can't see that, that physical crossing of fingers. <laughs> you've seen this, right? Uh, but, uh, multiple times. Yeah so like so many of uh the the movies we've mentioned already uh, this again because i probably because it's a comic book property it has just a phenomenal cast i mean you've got colin firth who is generally really good in just about anything mark strong who we've talked about many times who we both love uh just tends to do awesome on, on anything that he ever touches you got mark hamill playing a ridiculous role uh which is just too much fun. Samuel L. Jackson, uh, in the only movie that I can say I really did not want to listen to him talk in. Uh, I, I love I love Samuel L. Jackson. I wasn't particularly fond of the direction he went <laughs> with the, the verbal side of this character, but you know, still managed to come off as menacing. So kudos. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, having Michael Caine in it, you know anything that Michael Caine is going to be in is just going to be better for him being part of it. So I mean, yeah, uh, this this cast is
1: ridiculous. And you you got a little bit of a a kickstart from you 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 don't oftentimes get to see that quote female action star mm-hmm. and Sophia Batella is in this and oh, yeah. she, this was kind of like the thing that got her her uh, career a little boost a little kickstart because she's been in all kinds of stuff yeah. after this movie and if you remember her character had the uh, like the, the sp- spring sword feet yeah. things <laughs> that she was running around which, which on. Which sounds it stupid
0: was, but it was so awesome.
1: Yeah, like there's a there's a lot of those elements in this because it has a certain level of ridiculousness. It has a certain level of presentation that's over the top, but it all fits and it all works together well. And and I I, I kind of think when you look at the cast in this and you like Colin Firth is awesome, but you don't think of Colin Firth as an action star. No. And he comes off really, that's almost why his character works so well in this movie, is that you, you've you seen him so many times, and it's just so clean and smooth in his presentation of an action star in this movie. And, of course, Taron Edgerton, this kind of springboarded his career a bit as well. I would have never have expected him to more. be
0: as good as he was.
1: Yeah, total surprise.
0: Yeah, that's that's just yeah. He 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 took off on this like uh, like went at it went at it hard. Um, though I have to wonder, I still haven't seen Rocket Man, and I know, I, I know he's good, but it looked really weird, like in a cheesy bad way.
1: Yeah with someone who is uh, as talented and iconic as being presented by an actor that we know I mean really it's hard it's hard for someone to go into these movies because all of a sudden uh, now we want movies that have history of rock stars or it just, they spring lit. I was like, oh, well, this one was a success. Why don't we do another one? So I, I haven't watched Rocket Man either. I really don't want to watch Rocket Man <laughs> either because it just doesn't, it, it there's something about it that I see the trailers and I see the commercials for, it, I'm like, no just didn't no, seem like this, quite right the story that they're going to tell me is not going to give not going to give me the information and the enjoyment that i want so yeah i don't i don't know that i will watch it but yeah know. who, who knows
0: yeah now that uh oh thinking about this film specifically talked about uh colin firth as an action that that church scene uh that particular action bit that was just nuts the way that that was mapped out it it managed to just be so, it was hugely violent, but so good and actually funny in parts at the same time. Um, I, that That's just kind of genius how that was laid down. Uh, now, if you didn't notice, the guy that was the leader of the church in that uh, was played by Corey Johnson, who has been in other comic book movies like Hellboy. Uh, so it's just kind of a another repeat of Uh, individual that we we get to see multiple times or or richard Brake plays an interrogator in this film and he was joe chill in the uh nolan batman begins uh so Mm. I, i mean it's just kind of an interesting kind of uh grouping of individuals that have been in in multiple comic related uh properties but this is one of those this is one of those films with with the exception of one really really screwy line towards the towards the end is just very very enjoyable and done just super well um i i know i enjoyed it when i watched it and if you like action and you're okay with not thinking too hard on a film (laughs) this film was a lot of fun
1: well matthew vaughn has done a lot of projects that we would probably say are actually pretty good movies Yeah. and you know, he's got his own style and, and the scene that you mentioned kind of brings up an interesting point that I like in this one too, is that it showcased a lot of combination of things. So it had the action sequences, it had the CGI things thrown in there as well to accomplish the shots as a moving kind of collage of angles and, you know, Sequences that wasn't distracting. Like you could, you could tell the things weren't exactly practical effects or real. You you could tell they were CGI, but it wasn't distracting, right? So like it was presented well. It wasn't done too much. No. And in this movie, Matthew Vaughn has a presentation of a movie that is definitely unique, and it has a certain type of flair to it, and a certain type of action to it, which. You know, if you look at Zack Snyder, you know you're watching a Zack Snyder movie, and it's going to be annoying with slow motion scenes and the same type of sequences <laughs> and the same over and over again. And 300s bad, and the the i I disagree with and that and one. I like three hundred. Sequ- whatever. Anyway, th- this one has that same piece of director. Like you're oh, yeah. getting the presentation that has that director's flair to it but it's not to me it's not distracting or repetitive or annoying it's actually pretty sharp now when you get into the sequel which we'll discuss later then you get a bit of the rehash of the same things that we saw in this same thing that made it successful they just tried to do the same thing again Pretty much. And that doesn't always work. Doesn't always that's, work. I still that's a needed, discussion that's for a different, different. a different year.
0: But I know that's one of the reasons I like kick because he had the same kind of style in that film. Uh, and I thought that re- went really well. Now, I didn't really see as much of that in X-Men First Class. So he doesn't always necessarily no. have that that uh, that same thing. But he knows, he knows how to pull it out uh, when he wants to. And... Uh, I'm kind of curious. He's the one that's one of the people that's producing the new Flash Gordon film that's going to be coming out. So I don't know who's going to be directing on
1: that film. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really kind of curious. Don't about mess up one. the soundtrack on that film or the whole movie is a, a waste. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. I'm looking forward to it. Well, this one was basically just a short and sweet thing. Uh, I didn't think it would be uh, necessarily too long because, uh, you know, we had to chop the line. If we tried to do all of the films from 2014 in the same episode, we would have had an hour and a half to two hour uh, <laughs> two hour episode. So we uh, just, uh, and by we, I mean me, chose an arbitrary point <laughs> to say, well, we'll just do these few and go from there. Now, have you seen the films that we've talked about in this episode? Let us know. Were we completely off base in our estimations of the films that we have not seen? Uh, is *I* Frankenstein the absolute best film that you've you've had a chance to see out of this year? Let us know. It, it may change the the speed at which I get to watching it. Um, but uh, we always love to see it. We are at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter, at Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, we are at Pudding Guys on Patreon, where for just $1 a month, you can support us as we give you new and better episodes, or just more, at least. More episodes on newer and better equipment, or at least more equipment. You know, you're getting a theme, right? This is the same. <laughs> it's the same thing as we go through it. But uh, next week... We will be coming back and we have some really fun stuff coming up for you. Uh, We are going to be going and talking about another slightly older movie, reviewing the movie Dread from 2012. Uh, And then the following week, we will come back and finish up 2014 with the history of comic book movies. Uh, Keep enjoying yourselves out there. Stay warm. Thank you for being with us. And we will talk at you later.